December 24th, Christmas Eve 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 190. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riando. I'm way more excited than you guys in this introduction, apparently. It's (laughs) It's because you're in the Christmas spirit. I'm in the spirit of Christmas. You got your Christmas beard on. Oh, I I've got my you get your Christmas on. socks on. You actually do. No, did you put those, those Groot are... socks on? No, no man, nice. I should have worn the Groot socks. <laughs> Groot socks. I am well. Uh, a box of things showed up in the mail for no reason. Sometimes they do every month, <laughs> and it had a pair of Groot socks in there. That sounds nice. Okay, I'm wearing them. Sweet. I'm not wearing them <laughs> for what the purpose of this podcast. What are those? I am wearing Groot socks. They're just some socks that Dana gave me. They got like a robot on they're them. Kinda I think. Cool. Oh, God, they're, there's green and red on them. So Did she we'll get them at the sock shop? It's like maybe? a Jamaican flag. Or probably something. from yeah, sock shop. It's probably. Does. I live in the Haight. I probably have a Jamaican flag sock with a robot on <laughs> it. With a robot on them. <laughs> I live in San Francisco. What? Um, Rastabot. Jake only wears weed tees now since he moved to the Haight. Oh man, yeah, I only wear Rasta Bart Simpson t-shirts now. It was after playing Pokemon shirts as Pokemon. Rasta Bart Simpson. Oh Oh. man! This episode is the gift that keeps on giving. Unfortunately, for those who are listening to us, speaking of the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, oh, this episode is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I got more gif texts. Okay, so week. I really, I really want to know. This person must be a listener. If I don't know if, that's if there true. are more coming after that. Episode. Well, I mean, I don't but, know if that's. But there were already more. There were already. Before the, episode. The, the behavior has continued. Okay. And has not been altered in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I was under the impression there were more. There was like a deluge, but okay. no, no, no. They're they're regular. I the see, stream I continues at it's the previous just a, pace. A steady so stream. to quickly okay. recap, you got about what one per day. They're like Gips? one per thirty-six hours. To okay, be honest. okay, yeah. one every other day or so, every day and a half or so texted to your number yeah this a number pers- that i don't have a number that you do not recognize or have in your phone you've asked this person to identify him or herself and they have not done so they've only sent another gif yeah yeah what's the latest um i got two they were both sort of like fail gifs so maybe we're what does that I mean? try not to, the thing is i tried not to read into them yeah you should remember that they're probably a response to someone else's life maybe oh. i don't know i mean i'm so like solipsistic that it's hard for me not to see them through <laughs> The lens of my own. Um, on Friday, oh god, I've had quite a few since the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, last I told you guys was the Manischewitz one, and then that Ninja Baby. Yeah. Um, did you ever see the GIF of the guy with the red light on his head, the the bucket, and then he's on top of a car and gets chased off? He's like a protester. No. Oh, I'll show you that one. It's really good. Uh, I got a pug turning around slowly in a chair. I got a clip from a movie. Maybe, D, you might know this one. Yeah. And it was killing me. Like, my friend and I were talking about it, trying to figure out what movie this is from, because it's so familiar. But it's like a little girl with, like, sharp bangs with an angry face sitting next to a poodle, and she's shaking a a brush. I think it's like, look who's talking now. That's my best guess. <laughs> I've definitely seen look who's talking now. Is that look who's talking now? I mean, it's definitely a 90s film. I think this is Problem Child. Oh, Actually, no, that's not that kid from Problem Child, though. I don't think it's the kid from Problem Child. I think this is like. I'm gonna have to cut this short. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll move on. Sorry. <laughs> this means yeah. not, readers, if you this means first off, good somebody, radio. Somebody, okay, if somebody can identify this GIF by description alone, an angry girl in a red and purple V-neck baseball shirt shaking a, a hairbrush, hairbrush angrily. Yeah. While making an amazing face next to a white poodle, I'm at Vanaman on Twitter. The first person to identify this GIF to me from the movie, from whatever movie this is, will get a prize. Um, and Sight then unseen. step one, it's probably not Problem Child, based on a Google image search for Problem Child Poodle. Okay. Oh, um, oh, there's a lot of poodle. Then I got in that like a, a, yeah. like a like somebody on a mechanical bull just eating it. So, is there any through line to any of this? Is there any additional information that has come through? They no information. They haven't sent you any text. No, never, never, not a single letter. So you're just trying to discern meaning from the stream of GIFs, and there is none. Do you know what I think this is from? The Zodiac. <laughs> no, Man, the is... Zodiac's back, and he's a millennial. <laughs> That's what it is! Zodiac's oh my pack. God. Oh, no. <laughs> Zodiac is 21. Um, <laughs> the worst. You talked about how you collect GIFs at one point this summer on the podcast, and it was like a passing thing. And yeah. I feel like somebody looking for your number because they wanted to like add to your collection of gifs maybe i don't know you're gonna get a gif of that alien skull that jeff goblin sends the aliens at the end of independence day and then it's gonna end and say gamergate and your phone's gonna turn off oh no that'd be totally fine this is the longest most tumblr fueled gamergate action ever taken against someone gif is look who's talking now 
It is like who's talking yeah, now. Yeah, well, you get a prize, Chris. Good job. Thanks, Sorry, reader who already wrote the email and then heard this now. <laughs> no prize for you. See you in 2015. <laughs> Year for the PS3. No. Oh, it's yeah. probably just worth a little housekeeping pointing out that um, next week's episode is going to be a New Year's episode, but we're not going to... We have it kind of in the can. It's a... We were asked by... It's a prepackaged feature. <laughs> it is, a pre- I guess. We were asked by um, the website Medium uh, and their publishing platform, Matter to do a quick podcast for the their New York review of video games that came out last week. You should go check out the writing. It's all really good. Steve did a piece. Don't listen to the episode, though, because it's next week's episode. Yeah, that's going to be next week's episode. We so. might throw in some bonus bullshit. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could we, do. We got some. Everybody likes always bonus got more bullshit. Bu- always got more bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, so are we going to go straight to the, like, Santa's mailbag t- today? Well, first, Danielle, there were some games you wanted to talk about last week that we didn't have time for. I don't know if you wanted to touch on Which ones those? have stayed, have, yeah. have held... The test of time of a week of no podcast. Well, Dragon Age Inquisition has is, is held the test of time, and, oh, yeah. I, and I do have a, one other very small game that I wanted to mention, at least on the podcast. Sure. And that is what I played last night on the Idle Thumbs Twitch stream, which is a game called Burn Band. Oh, okay. Which is uh, just sort of a first-person exploration game, but it's set in a weird sci-fi pixelated world with a lot of characters, which is unusual for this type of game. There are actually tons of little... Aliens that you sort of walk around with. Uh, it's a first-person game. It's like you're actually entirely, just in a, like a bustling space? You're in a bustling space that has a lot of different rooms. It's basically a giant alien complex that is a performance, like a performance arts center. So there are different rooms where there are different parties going on. There are little DJs. They're, they all have this sort of like octopus alien look, very, very pixelated. Uh-huh. Um, there is a room where there is like, it looks like a little girl alien is playing a trumpet. There's a room where there is a dance performance going on. It is it's just a weird, fun, interesting little indie game about exploring weird spaces. Is this an Ichio? Uh, it's a game jolt. Ichio's cousin Game Jolt, <laughs> basically. What is the name of this Itchio's game? It's cool Burn cousin, Band. Game Jolt. Burn Band. It's B-E-R-N-B-A-N-D. And it's right. free, and it's like, you know, half an hour of walking cool. around. So you just streamed exploring places. a strange alien performing arts center. And, I did. And whatever events happen to be inside of there. I imagine <laughs> exactly. there's, no, there's no game ending objective in this. I don't think so. There is Not- a secret room, but I did find it. Which uh, it had, it had a secret John thing. Romero's head on a spike. Actually, <laughs> what it had was a dancing troll sprite and a and a song actually it had Special every song. gif that was texted to sean in the last week <laughs> that's what it was As sprays on the wall <laughs> sprays. it had frog fractions too oh that's sean's it. texts are frog fractions too i think that's what it is it that is, is explained now so i mean sean's like best theory postulated well, so far it is frog fractions well who's too. the creator of frog fractions what if the guy he's, what if i can never remember his name oh. he's a friend Jim he's, crawford yeah he comes into the office because yeah. he's friends with zach and kevin yeah and I think he has my number because because he become hopefully pals. he's the one who writes in to says oh I figured it out. It was from oh Look my Talk- god! It wasn't from Look Who's Talking Now, but it was from a sequel to a major intellectual property. <laughs> <laughs> Frog emoji. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this one one non the emotion the 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 like little like Unicode character for like three fourths <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, it's so perfect. Um, and then Dragon Age Inquisition. Hey, it's a good game. I played some more of that, too. Did yeah. you? What, what do, you, do you think so far? I, I can tell that if I had the kind of life that would allow me to actually play a lot of this game, I would really get into it. But I do not. I just do not. I can, like, as I play it, I'll play it for, you know. Like, but it's pulling at you a little bit. Mm. Yeah, except as soon as I start playing it and I, get, I play for, like, an hour... It falls away because I realize, like, I can tell how shallowly I'm scratching the surface. You know, I can just, it's like my fingernail, like, scratching across a slab of granite. And I'm like, well, uh. There's probably a dragon age in there. There's probably a dragon in there. Yeah. But I would have to, I would have to (laughs) carve it out. I would have to sculpt the dragon from the block of marble. That's the life lesson that you're taught by the master, by the dragon age master. (laughs) It seems like you're scratching the surface and there's a dragon inside, but the dragon inside is created by you by mastering (laughs) granite sculpting. By scratching a lot. Which in this case is just beating up a bunch of guys and taking quests and romancing people. Right. And that's the thing is all the most of the time so there are a lot of really cool things in the game like the way that you sort of stake out power in the world like stake out claims on the world and set up set up camps and sort of increase your influence um you know in in this world that ties into the quest system and there's this whole sort of reconnaissance thing where you can send these agents 
to parts of the world to like solve problems in one of various different ways according to their strength. All these really cool things that feel like really uh, inventive ideas in the space of the kind of very traditional fantasy computer RPG. But, you know, realistically, most of what I spend my time doing is holding forward and holding down the mouse button and like shooting to endless attack. spells into yeah. enemies. And I'm like, even if the combat, I know that Jane, for example, or one of our coworkers has said that if you play as like a dual wielding rogue, the combat is more uh, kind of intricate. And, and I'm sure that's true. But like, ultimately, you're basically just churning through tons of enemies, most of them. And that's fine. It's totally fine because I know that that's the sort of that's just greasing the wheels of these like larger, more interesting systems that I actually like. And there are cool things like when I was fighting some enemies that were clearly too hard for me and then a big ass bear just came and kicked yep. the shit out of them. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I like stuff <laughs> like this in games. But, I like bears. <laughs> but and then the bear chased after me and I ran away until I jumped off a cliff yep. to evade him. And that was funny. Um <laughs> And I was I, I, only one of my party members was still alive, so it was even more dramatic. And that's great, but it, but I just don't have time, right? Like it's just not going to happen. I can tell that to actually get out of this game, what I should get out of it to really appreciate it, it would just be hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I was comparing that to my memory of playing the Talos Principle a couple days earlier, which is like every single second I'm in that game, I'm either solving a puzzle that requires conscious use of my brain, like very deliberate conscious thought or I'm like reading words that I have to interpret in a way that is active and like it's not just like a soap opera plot it's like weird disconnected things that I have to like why are they choosing to put these words in front of my face I have to actually think about that or I'm in covering a brand new area I never saw before that's like surprising in a new or part of this world yeah exactly like every second I'm in that game I feel like the game is respecting my time like always I always feel like the game is trying to challenge me or entertain me or show me something new. And it's not that it succeeds every single millisecond of every moment, but it's like, I feel like it's trying, you know, and I spent a lot of time in dragon age and I'm like, the pleasures of this game are not in that. The pleasure in this game are sort of larger meta pleasures and the slow burn of these characters and their interplay and the sort of long-term effect of your choices. But to get to that, I have to do a lot of stuff that is not respectful of my, respectful of my time yeah. on the minute to minute level. And I just, at this point in my life, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I there, is there a story mode that I heard? Something I mean, yeah, you can turn. I should have done this, actually. Yeah. I'm, really I'm playing on normal difficulty, yeah. but below that, there's like story level difficulty, which I think the game is still basically the same. It's just really easy. You just slice oh, a guy and he's that. dead. Yeah, I should have done that. Maybe I can change yeah. it still now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm having some struggles with that. I mean, it's my job to play video games, so I, sure, I can easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no, no right to complain, and I can easily yeah, yeah, play totally. something and justify it as being for work. Um, but I am, I am, first of all, I am definitely enjoying the game, but yeah. I am sort of encountering that feeling of like, okay, I know I'm on a treadmill. This is a really beautiful treadmill that has been mm -hmm. beautifully put together, um, but I, I can feel that sort of aspect of it. The grinding aspect of it is a little bit troubling. And the part that sucks is that there are so many cool things in this game. There's so much lore that's actually interesting. Like I'm, I'm going around and I'm reading every little book and every little, you know, tiny little piece of lore. And I'm really enjoying it because that yeah. stuff is well written they and the, the world is rich and interesting. Games. Yeah, I think so. And, and, um, the characters are written well and, and I really like spending my time with these people, but I'm, I'm definitely like. As I'm playing, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to in the next hour, I will do these three things instead of I can just do these three things right now. Like that aspect is a little bit frustrating. Um, on the other hand, I, I definitely witnessed a giant dude fighting a dragon just, just incidentally in the world as I was sort of running around the storm coast and just watched it happen. And that was pretty cool. Like, there's a lot of things that just sort of happen in the world that have mm -hmm. nothing to do with you. And sort of like what you're talking about with the bear. I definitely have mm -hmm. chased a few bears and had some bears, you know, sort of like yeah. attack soldiers. And I'm like, okay, this little little tiny bit of far cry in here. I'm really digging that. Like, it's obvious that a lot of care and attention went into every piece of this game. Um, but I do wish they didn't have the whole, like, 80 hours on the back of the box, you know, mentality about content. Yeah. Which would have been that would have been cool. Like if this were a thirty hour game, it would be like perfect. It's probably impossible to make a thirty hour Dragon Age, right? Yeah. I mean if it literally <laughs> says the two words Dragon Age on the front of the box, unless it says babies underneath it. Dragon Age babies. That'd be fun. Yeah, they'll they'll never do it because that's one of their selling points and it's a little sad that that has to be that way. <laughs> 
Do we actually? There's a reader mail about Dragon Age. If we want to oh just, yeah, Dragon Age three to seven. <laughs> Dragon babies. Yeah, let's do it. Dragon Age three to seven. Yeah, like ages three. Oh, to that's seven. the age. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Age early childhood. Yeah. Your parents help you hook it up. <laughs> Andreas Philipson writes uh, from Andy, dear Idle Thumbs relationship panel. I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition and having a great time hanging out with the Iron Bull. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, but as the brute strength stereotype character, he is unprecedented as a romance option in the same sex in the space of AAA games. Usually the brute seems to be created either to make the player want to be that character or feel like they can use him because he wants to smash things, and that almost always means he's a straight character. Um, more often than not, the homosexual love interest is the skinny, more feminine elf that's less threatening and powerful. Or in Mass Effect 3, it's sad and mopey guy whose husband just died, which you have to console or something, because oh. gay is often syn- uh, synonymous with weak, I guess, which isn't the case with the Iron Bull. Uh, and he's not just the brute stereotype. If you romance him, you'll learn he's not just a tough guy, but caring and kind of a softie. And if you don't romance him, he can romance Dorian in your party. Passive homosexual relationship in a game. Also unprecedented? Question mark. Um, I'm astonished and baffled. Not that I should be, but that there's a strong, confident character that's probably more powerful and threatening to the main character, and you can romance him as a male. It's amazing to me. And this is not men- and this is not mentioning all the other great, respectful, and varied representation of gay, trans, and other minorities in the game. Great work, Bioware. Thoughts? Great podcast. Thumbs. Longtime listener Andy from Sweden. Oh, I agree totally. I uh, when my girlfriend was playing the game, she was playing as uh, a male character, and I was like, "Can you please romance the Iron Bull? Like, I really, I would <laughs> yeah. really want to see this. Like, I, I've obviously seen the sort of the cut, the romance cutscene or whatever with him, and it's handled in this really like it's it's a funny scene, but it's also like completely respectful, and it doesn't make their relationship out to be a joke, you know. Right, so it's not several funny characters, he's the subject matter it's exactly. Funny because of, like, it's funny because they're... they walked in on them together, basically, right. and you know, you're you're call and response is like, no, this is going to continue. We're having a great time. Go away. You know, instead of being, oh, I'm sure. so, sh- I'm so mortified that <laughs> people have, yeah. have seen me in my, in my gay beast man love, you know, basically, <laughs> which is what's going on. It's, I think it's really great. And I, I really, I don't know. I, obviously some people have some problems with, with the way Bioware it has written good characters, but they still kind of don't employ a lot of queer writers or like a trans writer. Um, and I think those are valid criticisms, but I, I do personally think a lot of these characters are written with so much care and just as a queer person, I think it's fucking awesome the way they've handled that romance. So cool. Right on Iron Bull. <laughs> uh, let's see what You else. mean Andy. Andy, and, the Andy, Iron Bull from Sweden. Andy Iron Bull. <laughs> um, do we want to take a break? Maybe? Video game. You should go take your Christmas Duke or whatever's going on. <laughs> it's time for the Christmas Duke. Christmas Duke. That's actually that's a that's a like Mr. tradition Hickey. in the Vanaman household. Yeah. It's like <gasps> it's the Christmas Duke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. well, I saw the Baba Duke the other day, and that was fucking awesome. The what? The Baba Duke. Oh man, I really want to see that. It's a horror movie that is fucking good. There's a good horror movie out? Really, really, really good. Yes. Sort of. It's hard to find. Yeah, it's a little hard to find. It's on Amazon. Yeah. It's showing in multiple places in Seattle, and I think it's hard to see in this city, which I find surprising. super weird. Yeah. Where the fuck's... I'll watch it. I'll watch it tonight. Where's our Barbaduke or whatever? Where's our inherent vice? We We got nothing. The Barbaduke. I'm just saying. It's really good. Okay. I don't want to know anything about it. Okay. But... Watch it. (laughs) Watch it and tell me what you think. Um... What what is the basic those most basic premise in like six words? What is the ending? <laughs> <laughs> Mother and child read storybook. Evil happens. Is this... there is a deeper layer of <laughs> yep. story? <laughs> this has been Twin Peaks rewatch. <laughs> Slow zoom in on Deerhead. Yeah. <laughs> the box stops here. <laughs> you guys were listening. Harry S. Truman. Okay. <laughs> President, Sheriff. Duke? Duke? Duke Truman? <laughs> Total Duke. <laughs> Are you actually going to go for a minute? I was at least going to do number one and see what else happened. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good luck. Should we Goodbye. do, the, should we do audible while he's doing that? Oh, yeah. We'll just. Oh, we'll... it's going to be audible. Wow. <laughs> This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the premier provider of audiobooks on the internet. They have 
just about any audiobook you could think of that exists. Uh, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs, you will get a free trial of 30 days to their service, as well as one free book that you can keep whether or not you continue on. Um, I am currently in the middle of Inherent Vice by Thomas Pynchon, which you can get on audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs. Uh, <laughs> Good. And uh, that is notable because it is currently being uh, – it is in the process of slowly being released into theaters. The adaptation made by uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed um, Magnolia and the Master and the Earl of Blood, Boogie Nights. Uh, and I can't wait to see that movie, and I wanted to uh, have experienced the book beforehand. And I'm really, really liking it a lot so far. I'm only two chapters in, but that book is already good. Yeah, it is. Um, so Inherent Vice and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other audiobooks uh, are on Audible. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs for a free trial and a free audiobook to keep. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. Oh, thanks, Jake. I am playing the part of Audible. Video game. All right. So we have Matt who writes, hi, thumbs. Hey, Matt. A month back, a few friends and I went to a Smash bar in London. We consider ourselves pretty decent players. We've put thousands of hours into the game and mastered a bunch of the physics exploits like wave dashing and... and a uh, Smash bar? L canceling. Yeah, I, he didn't explain what this it is. Sounds, Super I'm, Smash I'm Brothers bar. Yeah. yeah. I've been able to put all those pieces together. <laughs> anyway, we went and got utterly destroyed. Having never been to a gaming bar, there was the traditional uh, crowd one might expect. Teenage guy and girl gamers wearing a lot of black. But I was surprised to see there were plenty of young professionals in suits who had obviously grown up on Smash like my buddies and me. The young guys, the 15 and 16-year-olds, uh, were off the hook. One 15-year-old didn't drop a stock against us. He was Neo. An interesting takeaway Neo. <laughs> was, was what they considered to be the perfect Smash experience. I can't speak for what's happening on your side of the pond, but high-level UK players have almost entirely abandoned Nintendo's version of the game. The vast majority aren't playing Melee, Brawl, or Smash on the Wii U. They're playing Project M, which is why I'd gone in the first place, to meet a Project M dealer. For those who aren't familiar, Project M is a modified version of Brawl that mimics the gameplay of Melee, but with considerable changes. Mm -hmm. The community has overhauled the game, reintroduced characters Nintendo took out like Mewtwo, and more importantly, sped up and balanced the play. It's a mission to get it working on, a, working on the Wii, including SD cards and USBs, but there are dealers in the UK that'll get you a Wii that only plays Project M for a small price. <laughs> Essentially, they mod Wiis bought off eBay with broken disk drives and make a small profit selling them on. Project M has had relatively consistent updates since its release in 2011, currently on its 12th iteration, I think. The play is continually balanced to reflect the community's feedback. Anyway, I thought you'd be interested to know that the pro scene has essentially given up on the idea that Nintendo will make the perfect Smash game and are doing it themselves. Take it easy, guys. Matt Herring. I knew that Project M existed as a game, yeah. but I did not Very know right. that there was just like a dark cyberpunk, like Blade Runner, <laughs> kit-bashed Wii dealer who will give you like a, mo a modded... Yeah. Like, some kid thought this console was broken. I made it better. Here. Like, <laughs> so strange. Uh, also, he, he has sends a follow-up email saying, I forgot to mention, it's called Meltdown for any Dota listeners. They have Smash and Dota. Hmm. That's well, Smash. Sounds like it's That's in the UK, right for so idle no. thumbs. It's yeah. in London. Yeah. Meltdown. Facebook.com slash Meltdown London. Next time we're in London. Yeah, for sure. We're going. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll go. I'll play Smash Brothers. You'll play Dota. We got to go to London to make that happen. It's pretty rad, though. though. That's fine. Okay. I know how to get us to London. <laughs> it's true. You handle everything from Heathrow to the Smash Bar, and I'll hand or handle us up at <laughs> Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, I do like that oh, image, man. though. The Idle Thumbs corner. all going to London would be so fun. That would be really fun. <gasps> Doing an episode over there? Meeting so up fun. with the old Idle Thumbs crew, the old UK crew? crew. <laughs> What? Um, yeah, I like those guys. No, they're great. Uh, Mackenzie Feist. Moore writes, Hello, Idle Thumbs. After listening to this week's podcast, Serious Ma'am, A plus pun, I have felt the urge to Serial slam. Serial slam. Very good. I, I wrote that in the thread, I know, right? Yeah, I saw that in the so thread beautiful. today. It was really nice. Uh, the discussion about Serial had me thinking a lot about how much I appreciate Danielle being on the podcast. I oh. saw comments she made on the forums about... Um, not wanting to say things a good intersectional feminist should say and actually criticize content realistically, etc. And I think she does a great job of that. I don't want this to sound like I'm coming down on the guys for not talking as much about intersectional issues because this podcast does a really good job acknowledging how shitty things can be. I was just happy that Danielle brought up the subject of race and serial at all because it's easy to gloss over for people who aren't directly influenced by racism in the criminal justice system and the journalism and entertainment that surrounds it. The discussion aside, I was glad to see someone talking about serial and context or society's issues and not just in a vacuum of objectively good versus bad journalism. It means a lot that the topic was discussed at all. In reality, it's inescapable and a major factor in this kind of thing. And it's good to acknowledge that 
um, even when factors of race aren't the topic of the discussion. So thanks to Danielle for bringing it up and for everyone for talking about it. It means a lot. Um, there's just a lot more kind of general sort of appreciative stuff that I probably don't need to pat ourselves on the back about. Um, uh, I was going to respond to this and say that the forum thread for this, for that last week's episode has a lot more serial discussion on it. So probably instead of, since this is, is in fact ostensibly a video game podcast, I'll probably, <laughs> probably just uh, direct people there if they. Yeah, the thread for episode 189, and there's also a dedicated serial thread that oh, talks that's about true. the podcast that's in general that would and be the this subject. Pl- that in would particular. actually be the better place. There, yeah. The conversation happens in both, and people are cross linking back and forth. It's a little bit yeah. of a mess, but there's 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 conversation. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good conversation. I'm like, thank you to that person for saying it. I, I just want to say, like, I, I feel like I did a terrible job last week when I was <laughs> sort of uh, discussing, you know, some of my issues with it. And I, I think I clarified in the thread. But, uh, yeah, I, it's something I always struggle with. Like, I, I want to appear as someone who's intelligent and says intelligent things about all kinds of issues and doesn't just say things because I'm parroting what I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to think because of my position on the internet as whatever I'm supposed to be. So I will always try to do better with that. As will we all. Um, so Anu Pokerel writes, guys, I'm, I'm in Nepal. We have rhinos in the Himalayas. It's actually one of the best places in the world to see Asian rhinos. You have fucking awesome. rhinos? That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. I had no idea. That there London were and the then Nepal. Let's well, make we'll a trip. Just, yeah. We'll just keep, we'll, we'll just, this is the Idle Thumbs Reader Mail fact check, <laughs> bla- like, like travel blast. Photo, photo of you with Rhino, or well, first off, there's a reader in Nepal. I know, that's, isn't that, isn't that that's awesome? the first that's thing. We have a reader in Nepal. There are rhinos in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of those things was this more fantastic. This person is writing this while riding a rhino. <laughs> now that would make it beautiful. True. Uh, this person follows up and says, regarding uh, Asian appearance, I also don't look Asian at all. My brother is often mistaken for someone from the Middle East. Um, rhino and race aside, uh, while listening to podcasts back to back, the discussion of the, the juxtaposition of the discussion about the depiction of humanity in the Bosnian war, followed by Far Cry's attempt to show the Nepalese civil war was very uncomfortable. Having experienced that civil war, I will avoid pointing out the places where Far Cry differs from reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Fair, fair observation. <laughs> yep. Um, wrapping back to a meta theme that seems to be permeating idle thumbs recently. The fact that the developers are unable to depict that war with any degree of seriousness and the Western audience's inability to understand uh, what Asian people look like outside stereotypes probably says a lot more about diversity in the industry than anything else this year. Thanks for the great show, Horsebag Wizard Babu. Uh, anew. <laughs> Solid close to that email. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Man, that is, it's always really like fantastic to get emails from people who like – it's just a really great reminder, right? Like Far Cry 4, it's about this thing email from person who actually experienced this thing oh right that's actually a real thing yeah Hmm. uh dan meyer writes the tetris effect hey thumbs there is a reader discussing a sort of object permanence with certain games and how he first discovered it with tetris attack in fact tetris was the first game with which this phenomenon was observed it's called the tetris effect a better definition is found here and he links to the wikipedia page on tetris effect the Tetris effect, also known as Tetris syndrome, occurs when people devote so much time and attention to an activity that it begins to pattern their thoughts, mental images, and dreams. It is named after Tetris. People who pay, play Tetris for a prolonged, prolonged amount of time may find themselves thinking about ways different shapes in the real world can fit together, such as the boxes on a supermarket shelf or the buildings on a street. In this sense, the Tetris effect is a form of habit. They may also dream about falling to traumas when drifting off to sleep or see images of fade, falling to traumas at the end, edges of their visual fields or when they close their eyes. In this sense, the Tetris effect is a form of hypnagogic imagery. Thanks, Daniel Meyer. The Tetris effect is also the name of the uh, Alexei Pajitov doc, uh, biopic starring <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really shocked there hasn't been a movie about that. Yeah, because the story if, of Tetris is bananas. Yeah. If Tetris came, if the original Tetris came out now, that movie would exist two years after it came out. Yeah. Or, like, two oh, years yeah. after yeah. all of the stuff that happened with the Soviet Union and everything. Yeah. After, like, Nintendo stole the game or didn't and there are three clones right. and then he ended up happily making Hexic yeah. at Microsoft or yeah. whatever. That's yes. the that's the fade-up text at the end. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. He, yeah. His next game shipped with Microsoft's new game console, mm-hmm. which did not get it any critical appraise <laughs> yeah. or anything, but it sounds good for the end of a biopic. When you look at the turnaround time for movies like The Social Network or the, like, Julian Assange movie... Or anything or like any Iraq war movie. Yeah, any Iraq war movie. Yeah, <laughs> or any, both of the nine eleven movies. Right. Yeah. All of the Steve Jobs movies that keep getting greenlit. Right. Like. Oh God, yeah. yeah. If if Ted, if all this Tetris shit had happened five years ago, we that movie would be in theaters. 
Or, yeah, the Tetris effect, yeah, for sure. The Tetris effect, yeah, absolutely. Man. Oh, it would, then it would get to talk about Spectrum Holobyte in a movie. That's a phrase <laughs> that you'd hear. Wait, what was the what was what I remember Spectrum Holobyte existing because I had games from them. Were they I, don't, the I don't remember how they were involved. They were one of the publishers of Tetris, I think. One of the like a, a billion. Man, that is a deep that is a deep callback. I totally forgot that they existed. There were so many great software company names back then. Oh yeah. Uh I mean Bethesda Softworks, they still exist, but that is totally of the era. Of 1990s, yep. uh, like excellently named. God, I wish I could. I wish I could remember some other great ones. There were really, really good ones. The, mainly well, in the UK, I think. Oh yeah, like Bullfrog. And yeah, like, Bullfrog. Um, um, God, what were the? There were some. That were well, there's wacky, also like though. Sierra Online also had Dynamics, which is really good. That's true. <laughs> also Sierra Online with a hyphenated on dash line. Yeah. I, I don't remember any of the wacky games. ones. Epic Mega Games. There you yeah. go. Oh, Epic man. Mega Games is. Oh man, yeah. Um, Infograms, the software Toolworks, which was the one that had the, <laughs> the guy with the cart with yeah. two floppy disks in the back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Good, good times. Uh, let's but see. Spectrum Holobyte is Spectrum Holobyte. Spectrum Holobyte. Oh, I thought you, were, I, you said that, and I wasn't quite like. You on. thought he was just jaking it? No, I just thought that was just like a guy's name. <laughs> like, Hello, I'm Spectrum like, Holobyte. In the year twenty XDX. Right, Spectrum <laughs> Holobyte, <laughs> Neo Jacker. He's gonna sell yeah. you a kid it out. We. <laughs> God. Project, Project M dealer Spectrum Holobyte. Yes. <laughs> He's waiting behind that noodle shop. <laughs> oh, man. But unfortunately, he's just going to give you an off-license Tetris. Oh, no. <laughs> he's been compromised. Um, <laughs> he's addicted to drugs that get, that cause the Tetris the effect. The Tetris That's effect. what it is. <laughs> yeah. He's he, addicted to cyber drugs. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he plugged something into a node in the side of his brain, and then... Yeah. Oh, it's the game from Next Generation. It is that. It's oh. also just half the cast of Burn Cycle. It's just those those eye drugs from, uh, from Minority from Looper. Report. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are they from Looper? Oh, they're, they're from, from Looper. Looper. That's right, yeah. Those like weird eye, eye drops. drops. Yeah. yeah. You can see little... Right, yeah, of course. The, the cheesy, oh God, the cheesy yeah. effect in the TV show or bad movie version of this is you see the drop go over their eye and you see the little glowing tetrominoes uh, yeah. reflect in oh, the man. corners of their... Surely, like, this movie, an early scene in this movie features the, like, uh, human and cyborg detective pair finding a dead body, doing the last image on your retina. The last thing they see is just, like, a double Tetris or something. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's as three lines were all disintegrating. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. I don't think a double Tetris is actually. And then possible. the bullet actually hit them, and so the the actual Tetronimos blew up into little tiny bits. <laughs> that's the title sequence, please. Oh yeah, for and sure. Yeah, the title the bond, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. cyber bond, a title sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, this the, the, the title effect is two really. movies. Yeah. <laughs> This is the Charlie Kaufman version of the Tetris effect where... <laughs> well, no. Like, the biopic is Tetris effect, and then the sci-fi dystopian future one is the Tetris effect, and it's very confusing for everybody because they come out within, like, there nine also, weeks like, of each other. Is there also a Terminator kind of thing where, like, in this world, Alexei Pajitnov exists but was, like, the figure that triggered this reality? <laughs> right, sure. Wait, are you saying that, like, there's, in the center of town, there's, like, a bronze sculpture of him in this world? Probably. Or it's probably more that, like, when you jack in, you see, like, an Asgard version of him who delivers some, <laughs> like, yeah. sort of zen advice, like, some just sagely <laughs> advice to you. And then, like, the bearded guy is, like, like kisses his screen that has his face on it, you know? Like, he kisses his hand and then, like, touches it to, to Alexi's face. <sighs> It's like a like a like a where's demo or something. Like what is the what Yeah, is the, it's just like in his cool like hacker getup, he also yeah. like there's sort of a theme of that. But there's probably also a statue of him like John Hammond in Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World has a huge statue of John Hammond like like Disney in uh, Disneyland. Like Disney in Jurassic Park. Um <laughs> You know they're gonna try to make a sequel that's just going to be about hexic and carbonated games. <laughs> Equal to the Tetris effect, and it's just going to be straight to <laughs> the Hexic it's about, effect. It's about it's how like, Hexic is the government's sort of. We've taken the success of Tetris and we think that we've replicated it in Hexic, but then it's like this weird corruption happens, and it's the Geometry Wars ship starts flying in and actually just dominates everyone's minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jurassic World, Olaf Molman writes in regarding the Good Jurassic name. World trailer. It's definitely a mosasaur. 
Love the show. Dino DNA, Jeff Gone Game, Gold, Cold oh, Bloom. Good. Cheers. Lord Trilobite. I think this person goes by also... Olaf Molman. <laughs> Lord... Olaf Molman, First Lord Trilobite. <laughs> Is it Trilobite? That's another company name. Yes, Trilobite. Oh, they, you're right. They also made Seventh Guest. Yeah, they Trilobites did. And they had like... a little Trilobite yeah, icon. Yeah, that was their, their logo. logo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they also sell Project M kits uh, in a different alley. <laughs> down, it's down the street from the noodle no, no. shop. Yeah. It's where the snake shop is. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, definitely in the like fermented snake bones <laughs> uh, bug one. You're I don't know. to the smell. Uh, so Brandon good. Douglas writes, 2014, year of Sean's new look. Hey, Thumbs, in episode 138, Sean said he was, quote, seriously fucking over the hoodie, dot, 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 big time, end quote. And that, <laughs> quote, 2014 is the year of the new look, end quote, for him. He also claimed he was, quote, not getting into heroin in 2014, end quote. <laughs> Just wondering how all these things worked out for him and if Sean has had any big plans for 2015. Skinny ties, Uggs, PCP. Thanks, Brenda Douglas. <laughs> Sent from my pet man. Good. Well, I think this is your GIF stuff. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think that's who this is. P.S. Look who's talking now. My favorite movie. That's the, I'll be, uh, the movie of 2015. Um, I didn't get into heroin. Did it. You did it. Good work. I didn't even do heroin. Let alone get into it. Okay. Oh, I meant you succeeded when I said you did it. Not that you tried heroin. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've made it. You've made it. I didn't get into heroin, but you did do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Um, I'm gonna. It's going to have to be a push on the hoodie thing. Uh, I didn't acquire with... I didn't spend any money on any hoodies in 2014. Um, but, you know, they're still around. I didn't throw all my hoodies out in an act of, like declaration Anti-hoodies. i was really over them though i am trying to really move off them it's a big deal you've worn a lot fewer this year than you did last year yeah Definitely. it was a concerted effort yeah i'm wearing this stupid the problem is is i had all these clothes that i would wear for just like comfort and laziness and then i said i'm done with those clothes but i really don't like to buy clothes so it just left me cold <laughs> i didn't really have anything to like slot in so I'm trying to, yeah. I'm going to try to figure it out. All right. Yeah. So uh, you would, so 2015, you don't know what, you don't know what 2015 is the year of for Sean Vanneman. Oh, I knew a couple things. I would also say if you're going to talk about the same thing as I'm going to talk about, I don't think so. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to get jeans that fit. Okay. <laughs> cool. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, well, I was we just... interviewed an intern today because we've talked about how we're looking for an intern and uh, this candidate mentioned that my jeans are too short and they are by two inches and it's really oh. obnoxious, but well, I wear them all the time. <laughs> I was going to talk about the indecision of what 2015 is the year of because we've been led to believe oh, for true. a decade <gasps> that 2015 is the year of the PlayStation 3 from the mouth of Sony itself. Fucking Kaz said it in 2007 or 8. You're a sucker. You know you what? For it. You know what? PlayStation UK magazine says this month oh, on I the cover: twenty fifteen year of the PlayStation Four. What? What yep. the fuck is this? What? Yep. what is this bullshit? Where's the interview? They're ruining. Okay, <laughs> so this is the real reason we're not doing a dedicated New Year's episode. We were going to do a whole year of the PlayStation Three speculation. What does it mean? <laughs> new Uncharted actually for PlayStation? No, <laughs> it's like New Uncharted territories for the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, right. not new Uncharted. The new Uncharted actually for Uncharted PS3? colon territories for the Vita. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Terrible. That's probably that's probably been floated and canceled. <laughs> Search through those leaked emails. Um, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we can figure that out pretty easy. But <laughs> uncharted dot territory for the PSP. for the Vita. Oh, the Vita. But yeah, ah man, because <laughs> that counter that counter dropped the digits. There's so few number of seconds left until the year of the PS3 starts. What's so funny is earlier I asked you what you were doing for New Year's. That was a dumb question. <laughs> staring at your yeah, PS3. I'm getting my PS3 back out. I mean, I'm using it always because I feel it's so close. <laughs> it's on the cusp of achieving its full potential. It's right so I've just there. been sort of keeping it warm just because you don't, you know... If I turn it off, something might fuse the or something. lights or whatever? This, yeah. Like the fucking like, GPU unseats <laughs> within five minutes of midnight? Oh wait, okay, so hold on. I, I, I think just, it's midnight in Japan though. So we could celebrate that and then actually I just oh, that's right. I found the Kazurai quote from uh 
summer of 2006. <laughs> um, who's summer he? of 2006. I was a new college graduate. But okay, so here's what he said. Me he said, too. I think we're offering a very good value for, for the consumers. We look at our projects, uh, products having a 10-year life cycle, which we've proven with the PlayStation. Therefore, the PlayStation 3 is going to be a console that's going to be with you again for 10 years. I mean, you're not getting... You're- you still have your PS3. He's not completely incorrect. We're not going to ask consumers to suddenly buy another PlayStation console in five years' time and basically have their investment go by the wayside. No, so for all either. these reasons, I think at five ninety nine, we're offering a very good value. Six hundred dollars. Well, you can go to Walmart today and buy a PlayStation Four. I saw for three hundred twenty seven dollars. That's the special they have right now. There was, but I thought two years after that, he said it, there was another thing that was more specifically about how like ten years in is really when developers Man, are going to un- have understood the full. Potential of the system. Oh yeah, this was just this was the first time that he was talking about yeah. it. I think, but it then, happened again in two thousand eight. Oh yeah, no, the that stuff in two thousand eight was where he was like, that was the crazy quote that was like, if we make it too easy to develop for people, are just going right, to maximize yeah. the content right off the bat. We talked about that in yeah, the Out of Thumbs yeah, episode about yeah. that. That it was like, but if it's a really crazy puzzle, then people are there's just always going to be something more to to find out about how to just get a little more out of the hardware, and then it's just going to feel great <laughs> in ten years. But 2015, what a rug to pull out from under the Idle Thumbs <laughs> podcast, who's been following this story. My guess is that, so there is a sort of, there is an undercurrent of people talking about how there's no way that the North Koreans could have hacked Sony because of their, the sophistication of their network, so it was an inside job. Maybe the hacking of Sony in the, like, uh, pull of the interview is a fucking red herring to distract us from the year of the PS3 oh not my God. Or happening. Maybe. Maybe the hackers the changed hackers... the cover of the magazine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they hacked into Sony just to like get They did all this, but then the one thing no one noticed files. was the number three changing to a four on the cover of PlayStation UK magazine <laughs> minutes before it went to press. And the, and the console shape. Yeah. Swapped also, they pasted. They re- they replaced the image. Like like, I noticed that our Dropbox. We use Dropbox for all our corporate stuff. It's fine. It's secure. That uh, <laughs> it says that the PS3 TIFF file was updated. It's a picture of a PS4 now. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Print the issue. I thought what I thought what was going on here was that the North Koreans or whoever got in right. The reason it happened now is because they got in right under the wire before the PS3s that power Sony's cryptographic apparatus and cybersecurity arm hit their full potential and became fully uncrackable. That's what it in is. 20, as of January 1st, 2015. Or maybe, do you, you remember when they were saying the PS3 was so powerful in 2006? That's what I was thinking. Maybe if they push the PS4 into the spotlight exactly early, right. it'll get- mean that the PS3 will be declassified as a supercomputer and North Korea can amass exactly a right. huge server farm exactly right. full of PS3s oh and do folding at home. Right. They, they could be... <laughs> right. They could be running the search for extraterrestrial life. They could be re- or curing diseases. Protein folding, Yeah, bro. they could be doing protein folding. They could be searching for aliens. They could be, they could be hanging out with their friends at the virtual mall in PlayStation right. Home. <laughs> yes, they oh, could, my God. Yeah, they could, They're folding at home in home. It's perfect. They could be, yes, they could be folding at home in home. They could be rolling back that firmware and running a Linux cluster. Uh, mm? Yeah. There's a lot of options here. Think about it. With they the can, power of a supercomputer, it's worth $600. With, with PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility, they can control missile launches. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so we found out that North Korea actually bought up all of the really early PS3s, but they haven't been the able 60 to... 60 imp- gigs? Yeah, those they, are the good ones. All the ones that have the hardware PS2 yeah. compatibility, oh, yeah, that have yeah. the Linux stuff, they things. can't bring them in to North Korea because PS3 is still so celebrated as cutting edge because of this year of the PS3 story. But if they push the PS3 out of the spotlight a year early, it'll accelerate their ability to import this famed supercomputer. That's gotta be, that was the story of the interview, actually, which is why it's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually supposed to see that. The day it got pulled, I was supposed to see a, a press screening, like, hours, hours crazy. before. It was it was so yeah, close. I'm really upset about it. Was it was so close. Everyone's upset about it. We were looking forward to the new movie from the creators of Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think the movie was going to be good. It's just fucking bullshit. Ugh. It is bullshit. All right, well. We should not go into that or no, it will be a, uh, its own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to close it out with a very heartwarming email. Oh, man. Uh, Grayson Evans writes, Idle Thumbs saved my life. Hi, Grayson. Hi, Hi Thumbs. Grayson. I wanted to send you guys an email. It's... Oh, wait. He said it's not for the podcast. Never mind. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. What are you going to close it out with for real, Chris? Oh. You're, um, you're going to close it out. Some choice tweets? 
Sh- uh, sure. Do we have? Are there tweets? No, I don't know. I no. Don't... Um, what are you guys going to be doing over the break? I'm going to Disney World. Wow. Oh, yeah. it's like you're the what, what a surprise. The oh, that's MVP good. Hey. Know, huh? It's her first time ever in a Disney park in her entire life. That's exciting. And she's very excited and slightly terrified because we're going with my parents. I think you guys are you guys going to go on Expedition Everest? Yes. Okay. That's one of the first things we're doing, in fact. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, what are you doing, Jake? Not a lot. Just kind of hanging out in this general area. What would you ask for for Christmas? Nothing. I don't know what I What do you hope to receive? Other than cheer and warmth. Oh, man, I don't know. Christmas cuddles. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yes. <laughs> really? I didn't ask for that, so if I get it, it'll be very surprising. <laughs> That's still time for me to get you a present. What? You got me those Groot socks. <laughs> I did get you those Groot socks. Uh, let's see. It's very charming. Oh, I do want to thank um, Idle Thumbs reader uh, Corey Birdsong oh, yeah. for sending us a uh, Idle Thumbs Christmas present. He sent us Space Alert, Whoa. which is a like um, it's a board game that has an audio element to it. He described and, it as this bonkers board game. <laughs> yeah. That's how I described that it. That sounds from, delightful. <laughs> from Bonkers Entertainment. Yes. Actually, I think it's from... CG. No, it's from Rio Grande. Yeah, but uh, we're excited to play that. Thank you so much. It's yeah, always weird really when uh, presents show up. Uh, it's very strange, but very, very, very appreciative. It's really sweet. Oh, I ate one of the last nerds ropes in uh, honor of this year during, during the recording of this episode. During during the episode, <laughs> <laughs> tasted as uh, the same as ever. Nerds ropes don't age. Did yeah. you see all those Never nerds age. in Notch's house? Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Enhance. Zoom and enhance. Oh, man. Those photos of Notch's house that had those nerds. I was thinking about that, about how we could I stage... if you guys are joke- making a joke. No. No. Facts. You've seen, those, you... you've seen the pictures of Notch's huge mansion. Yes. He's got that candy room. Did you see my zoom and enhance on this? Oh, man. Sean sent me three subsequent photos that. that were just a closer and closer crop of this huge box. Like, a huge... Just one of the shelves was just nerds boxes all the way back into the shadows. <laughs> So that like immediately, I saw, it was like you know, it was like, like a 1080p photograph or whatever. It was a high right. resolution photograph. He's got a lot of nerds in that and house. I saw you know, um, a tiny little box of nerds. Man, uh, think about the Ocean's uh, Eleven heist that you stage on Notch's house, where you mess stuff up and do all sorts of stuff, and they're like, "This it appears that nothing was stolen." But then in the news photo, you make sure you get the interview in that same room, and there's just one little black square in the corner where that bo- where those nerds were, and then you know <laughs> who the thief was. Um, Can you send this to me? Yeah, I yeah. really would. It's love just to a bunch this. of candy. I, I'm still tickled. Allsway's sure. motorcycle was stolen because it was ridden also out of his James, house. That chrome James <laughs> Dean motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, Does that God. thing drive? Can you ride out of his house on that motorcycle? Oh, I don't think it probably can. It looked like. It looked Why like- does Notch just have Tony Stark's house from the Iron Man yeah, movies? I know. It's, so- it's really strange. The craziest thing is that he outbid Jay Z and Beyonce. Queen Bay. Oh my God. I, love I it. know. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I don't love it. I have very mixed, weird feelings about it. Someone did make the house in Minecraft within 24 hours of the photos of the house oh, going yes. up. So thank yes. God. It was my hope that Notch was then going to use that as a template to spend another like couple million dollars to redo the house to look like the <laughs> Minecraft house. Yeah. That's when he gets really old and then is like, well, all that I actually have is Minecraft. Like that, if, if he goes on that style of celebrity, oh, God. where like you eventually, like the equivalent of the, of like the, the band from the 60s who now plays in a bar and you play your own songs, you're happy about it, and you just cover a bunch of other songs from the era as well because it's all really all that you have. But they want that's, you to play your song. Yeah. That's, so that's Notch building, uh, redoing his house to be a Minecraft house. I hope he lives there. He does not. I know. I know he just bought it. He lives place. underneath it in the secret house. <laughs> with lava. With yeah. the glass floor over the top yeah, he, of it. He lives in a weird... Yeah, this house is like a front I, because he built the, just the underworld from Minecraft. He built the nether down below his house. Maybe he's spending 10 years doing that. What a sad life that would be. Yeah. I really want him to live there. I really want him to but just live there. But then it's just him. There. It's Then you are just Tony Stark without the cool robot butler and without Gwyneth Paltrow hanging around. Well, he yet... He doesn't have those yet. <sighs> he doesn't have them. He's going to work out I'm so shocked because Notch made all that money and then wrote that email or wrote that post, that forum post. It was like, I am taking the money and I am leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, he literally said that verbatim. That's, I'm going That was away. Phil Fish who said that. Phil Fish oh, said you're right. Phil Fish said, I take the money and I run. Yeah. <laughs> Notch <laughs> said, like, I don't need the money. I, whatever. No, it's a thing. I thought Notch said something like, I just want to go program and like, yeah, yeah, cool he did, stuff. yeah, he said generally that. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. 
buy a house that comes with a house own on machine gun. You're sitting on two and a half billion dollars. At a certain point, you're like, yeah, this is the most extravagant, goofy, whatever. Buy, buy it. What else do you? What else do you do with that kind of money? But just kind of spend it on weird shit. I don't know. Cure I don't know malaria, if I would have bought like, that house. Cure malaria. Like Bill Gates. <laughs> I don't know if I would have bought that house, but I cannot project. Oh, I'm the not, choices that I would personally exactly. make. I'm not judging his, the way he spends his money come at all. Into, it's just shocking. I also feel weird even talking about it on the podcast. I don't know if this even is the podcast, but he tweeted pictures of it off his Twitter account, which I've followed since Minecraft was an alpha. So it's like, same guy as that, but now you're tweeting pictures of a bunch of M&M's candy figurines under a staircase. Same shoes. Yeah. <laughs> same shoes. Different backdrop. <laughs> oh, it's so strange. It's very strange. It's a mad world. Well, Merry Christmas, Notch. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Merry Chris. Christmas, readers. Thanks, Sean. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Daniel. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> For listening. No yes. What? No, you can't. I was going to ask if you enjoyed your Hanukkah. Mine was nice. It's fine. It's not done yet, is it? I think tonight's last night of Hanukkah or last night was. Oh. oh. I guess by the time this podcast goes out. Hanukkah will be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, again, we'll be back uh, next week, sort of, with a weird podcast, a one-off podcast. Um, and then you'll hear our live voices, or close to live voices again, in the year of the PS4. Yes. <sighs> Also, next week, <laughs> how much is the, oh, that's, that's, you're burned. Oh. It just, you're so it hurts. burned. Your oh. gears are ground. <laughs> it's like when Steven Spielberg promised people would cry in the, whatever year that was. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Boom blocks? Yeah. At boom blocks. Yeah, but, oh, man. Uh, NLP was supposed to ruin us. Yeah, he gave a year. It was like five years from now where you were going to like cry. like 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, it was fine. People were crying that year. But like this, oh, they put a number on the year and on the model of the hardware. <laughs> Only one of those is inevitable, apparently. <laughs> 2015 will come and go. Like the sands of but, time. But the PS3 left us a couple years ago. It's <laughs> like really... sands of time on the PS3. Yep. <laughs> well, that was a PS2 game. Whatever. Like Forgotten Sands or whatever that one was. There's like another... Sand King, my favorite Dota hero. Oh, man. <laughs> Happy New Year. Goodbye. Thanks Listen. for listening. Find us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. Write us on iTunes if you like it. Tell a friend. Why not? Speaking of Sand King, Dota Today is back. Check it out. Idlethumbs.net slash Dota Today. Yeah. You should also watch us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Idle Thumbs. Yeah. By us, she mainly means herself, Danielle. <laughs> mostly me. Mostly playing <laughs> weird little games. Good night. Bye. Bye. See you in 2015. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next week and then in 2015 as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. See you next year. <laughs>